tonight. Nice. My parents would be impressed. No. It's a little joke. <laughs> Welcome to Mount Olivet. We are so glad that you are here this evening. Uh, whether this is your first time here or this is a weekly oasis for you, we are grateful that you are here. Um, our central theme tonight is brought to us by Joel, who says, when we read the Bible, we encounter the truth in a couple of different ways. The truth about ourselves and our brokenness, and the truth about God, who forgives and shows up for us in our imperfection. Pastor Joel, help us unpack that tonight. But I'm going to invite you to stand together as we invite God's precious presence among us. Let us worship the God whose words spoke the world into being, the God who ignites our questions and imaginations, and the God who makes a home in our stories. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Let us sing together. All right, we're going to sing a song together tonight that you've heard for sure before. We'll practice it, though, and then join in. Just do the 
And I'll invite Amanda up here to read tonight. She's behind me. Well, hi. A reading from the prophet Isaiah, the 55th chapter. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes from out my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in it the thing for which I sent it, the word of God. Nice work. I was living in California in 2015, and my life was about to change, or at least my internet life was about to change. I was casually scrolling through the internet, and all of a sudden, this appeared. Who remembers this? Who remembers this? How many of us saw white and gold? How many of us saw blue and black? I am team white and gold all the way. And yeah, I just can't do it. The dress, some people saw white and gold, some people saw blue and black. It turns out there was only one kind of dress made. There was only one right answer here. The dress was blue and black. And that made me so upset, right? Because I could not see it. I only see white and gold. Um, you can take that down. Because <laughs> otherwise I'm going to continue getting upset. A lot of the times, that's how we are trained to think about how truth is. We think there is only one answer. And a lot of the times, that's right. Like in math class. If you were here last year, you might remember this, but I'm going to do it again. I want you to take one hand, hold it up like this. I want you to take your other hand, put it on top. Now pull apart as hard as you can. And keep pulling. Just keep pulling there. You can put the next slide up. Duck or rabbit. <laughs> keep pulling, by the way. You can see them both, right? You can see the duck. He's quacking up into the sky. And you can see the rabbit. His ears are up, looking around, seeing if there's a predator nearby. What, this one... There is no right answer. And by the way, how are your hands feeling? Are your hands a little tired? You can release. When we are confronted with questions that have more than one right answer, it can feel really tight like this. It can tire us out. But what would happen if every morning when I woke up, I spent 15 minutes doing this with my hands, what do you think would happen? I get strong. That's right. When we live in that tension, when we live in those hard spaces, that's what makes us strong. This is what happens when we read the Bible together. There's not just one right answer usually. There's usually two things that happen at the same time. You can take the ruck dabbit down. <laughs> down. Um, we read tonight, Amanda read tonight, about God wanting God's word to go out and accomplish something in us. God's word changing us. And this happens through this through two opposite things that happen when we read the Bible. The first is called the law. And we think about law like rules and the police and judges banging their gavels and all that. But the law is 
anything which when we're reading the Bible makes us go, ouch. And a lot of the times, it's good stuff. Stay with me here. The law is anything in the Bible that tells you, you should do this. You should be like this. This is how life ought to look for all of us. And that's really good. A lot of the times you'll hear me preaching about this, like, we should be compassionate. We should share our possessions. We should welcome the stranger. That is good stuff. The hard part is, we all fail at it. We all, there's a gap between how we actually live our lives and how we should be living them. And if we dwell in that gap, if we think about that, if, if we think about um, God saying, you should share your possessions with those in need, and we're like reading this and we're thinking, you know what, but I like took an extra cookie and like didn't share with my friend or whatever. Like that can eat at us. That can make us feel, ouch. I'm going to tell you a story about this from my own life. It's a little embarrassing because I did something that was regrettable. I was in fourth grade and my neighbor, she was my age and we were walking home from school and she was being mean. She was being mean to me and I could take it. And then she started saying stuff about my best friend and no. And I did something that is super shameful. I looked down in the side of the street. I picked up a small rock. And I threw it at her. Now, normally, I have terrible aim. <laughs> but this day, right on my neighbor's head. I felt so terrible. Now, there is a story in the Bible in which Jesus stumbles upon a scene in which there's a woman who's accused of doing something wrong, and all around her are these men, and they all have stones in their hands, and they are ready to throw these stones at her. And Jesus steps in and says, do not do this. Let any of you who has not sinned throw the first stone. Whenever I read that story, do you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of me in fourth grade, being capable of that kind of violence. And do you know what I do? Ouch. That's what the law is. It's when we see what God is offering and we realize that we failed to do it. Ugh. Not a fun place to be. So that's law in the Bible. I also want to say, some of you experience the law out in the world, and I don't mean run-ins with the cops. I mean this feeling that you're not enough, that you should be something else. Parents, maybe you have been pressured by other parents. Get your kid into hockey while they're age four, otherwise they really don't stand a chance of playing competitively, right? You know, there's a should, there's a pressure. Kids, what happens if you fail a test? Well, you're not going to college. Like this pressure that we feel to perform. That's the law out in the world. And so we can encounter it when we read the Bible or we can encounter it out in our own lives whenever we're made to feel ishy like that. So the law makes us go, ouch. That's one thing God's word does. The other thing God's word does is, is the gospel. And the gospel makes us go, phew. Because the gospel is not about what we do. The gospel is about what God does. It's about God's promises to us to be with us, to not leave us, to not be scared by our imperfections. To, <laughs> the gospel to me is that God gave me a second chance and that I am not just the kid who chose to throw 
a rock at his neighbor. I am so much more than that. That is the gospel. It's because of God. And so when we read the Bible, you got to be looking out for these two things. Where is the Bible making you say, ouch? And where is the Bible making you go, phew? Okay. Real life example um, that we can think about all together here. There has been um, a mass shooting in Las Vegas this week. I'm sure we all know this. I'm sure it's been on all of our minds. It's okay to look for law and gospel in situations like that. The law would tell us, it would tell us, um, be strong, be courageous in this, um, go make a difference, strive for justice in the world, don't let this get you down, keep your head up and power through. And that's good, we need voices like that. But notice how it's telling us to do something, and then we're thinking, what if we can't? What if, what, what, what if that's not where we're at? The gospel, in the aftermath of a tragedy, is God's promise to be with you no matter where you are. God saying, it's okay if you're scared. It's okay if you don't know what to do. It's okay if you haven't thought about it this much. God is with you wherever you at, are at, and that is the gospel. It's good news. You don't have to come to God. God comes to you just where you are. So we have both those things, and we need them both. And um, we're going to do a little practice right now. In your pews, you have, we actually have Bibles. They are maroon. You're going to need to share. And I'm going to teach you how to find a Bible passage. You can go ahead and put the questions on the screen, Andrew. This is from the Gospel of Luke. Gospels are toward the end of the Bible. Your Bible's going to look about like this when you hold it open. If you find Matthew, Mark, or Luke, you are close to it. It is Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 34. And we're just gonna take three minutes to read it silently where you are, and answer these questions with a couple people around you. And then think about if you want to share that with your church family, and I'll, I'll call on some folks at the end. But go ahead, and uh, you can read this and say, where is the law, where is the gospel? It's on page 1004 if you want to, oh, is it though? 949. I guess there's some different Bibles out there. It's on 949 in mine. Beth's, who knows what Pastor Beth's doing over there? <laughs> Were you really?
just one more minute, and then I'll see if anyone wants to share. All right, where did anyone see the law in this passage? Either something that from your own life or something that's like a demand in here. Where is the law? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And it'd be really, really great if we could follow Jesus that easily, right? But maybe we're thinking when we hear, you will follow, it's, it's like we're already thinking about ways that we haven't and places that we failed. Great job. Anywhere else? Yeah, Amanda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so the law there, um, she's saying the, the, all that, that stuff about what you eat and what you wear, and maybe some of us are thinking of times when we've judged other people for dressing differently than us, or times when we've showed up a little underdressed to fancy places. That's what I think of when I read this passage. What about where's the gospel here? What is the promise of God? Where is God coming to us in this passage? Yeah. Yes, the promise, God will take care of us. Life is more than food. Life is more than clothing. God will take care of you. You are of much more value than other things. And so now you all are trained in how the, how the word of God accomplishes its purpose. You got to be on the lookout for the things that make you go, ouch, and the things that make you go, phew. And you need them both. Amen. All right, friends, we continue with our offering and our children's offering for world hunger. Every soul, every beating heart, every nation and every tongue, come find hope in the love of the Father. All creation will bow as one, lift their eyes, see the
generous God, you take everything we have and use it to give abundant life to the world. So receive what we offer you, our money and time, our questions and doubts, our hopes and passions. Transform them by your love to bless the earth and bring us peace. Amen. So on Sunday, we baptized Marius and Gabriel and his mom, Abby, and then Lola, and then Felicity. So it was just a juicy day of baptisms on Sunday. <laughs> and when Joel was talking, it was reminding me of this. Um, we don't do a full immersion. We just kind of put the water. But like literally through baptism, we drowned our sinful self. All that law stuff drowned. And God brings us back to life because of Jesus. So you get that tension even at the baptismal font. And think about water. We need it to hydrate, but water can also be um, a scary place, uh, a stormy place, a place of death. But here at the font, that promise is given to us that God is always with us. Um, and everything that Jesus has, he gives to us. So we're going to remember our baptism today. As we prepare to remember our own baptisms, we affirm that baptism is a daily event. In the waters of my baptism, I live as a member of God's family. In these waters, the Holy Spirit drowns my sinful self and calls forth daily the new person in Christ. I affirm this ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. I affirm that I belong to Jesus. We pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So God's promises, just like Pastor Joel, when he threw that rock at his neighbor, that can't define us, that God always comes to us um, with forgiveness and an opportunity to begin again, and each of us has that. So I invite you to come up. We've got a, a font here, a font here, a font here, and in the back. Um, dip your finger in the water. Come up just as a group like we do for communion. Make the sign of the cross on the person behind you. I belong to Jesus and know that that promise is for you. So please come forward when you're ready. He is jealous for me. Loves like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy and all of the sudden i am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory and i realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me Oh, how he loves us all Oh, how he loves us How he loves us Eclipsed by glory, and I realize. 
surround you in grace and empower you to follow Jesus. Amen. Let's, um, let's spend some time in prayer tonight for, for those who are close to us, for our greater community, for the world in need. Let us pray. Redeeming God for those of us who struggle between the ouch and the phew of your word, um, embrace us as your hurting world. In particular, we pray for those who have been injured and those who mourn the unexpected and tragic loss of life that happened in Las Vegas. Surround us in your presence, with your people, and your mercy. God, in your mercy. Your prayer. What prayers do you have this evening? Yeah, Vicki. Hmm. Vicki's friend Janet. Um, passed away unexpectedly from an aneurysm. And her husband, Mark, um, rightly so, is shocked and sad and um, probably alone and having a hard time with this. So for Janet's family, for Mark, for those who surround Mark, um, we ask God a, an extra measure of your mercy and grace. God in your mercy. Yeah, Amanda? Okay, Amanda prays for her grandma who will be having knee surgery. And she prays for a successful surgery and that um, her path and road to recovery is good. God in your mercy. Other prayers, Matt. For homeless youth in our community, not many people know that about half of the homeless population in Minnesota is under 21. So for, for those who are in transition, who are without family, without a place to be, and everything that goes along with that, we ask God's mercy in that. God, in your mercy. What's her name? For Kenzie, 16, who's struggling, um, having struggles at home, having struggles with drugs and alcohol, um, is trying to find her way, and a family who's trying to help her find her way, and loved ones as well, and those who pray for her as well. Um, we pray for Kenzie tonight, God in your mercy. Yeah, Michelle. Grandpa Paul, who is nearing the end of life, for peace and comfort 
for Grandpa as well as those who surround him at this time. God, in your mercy. Yes, naming the, the ongoing trauma that will be experienced by people who are in Las Vegas, and not just people who are there, but people who surround them as well, and the fear that comes from that, and the ongoing fear. So we pray for God's mercy and presence and comfort in, in that trauma and fear. God, in your mercy. So Grandpa had a shot, and, and it's good, right, because Grandpa's getting better. So we give thanks for that. We give thanks for doctors. We give thanks for Grandpas. We give thanks for Kata. God, in your mercy. Other prayers? One last thing is um, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And Mount Olivet, along with our partners at Home Free and our law enforcement community, um, are working together to create a greater sense of awareness around it here, um, where we are. And it's really important to us. And in the past, we've done events like Breaking the Silence. Um, but this, this year, we're trying to incorporate it more into worship through prayers, um, through our, our practices. If you see out in the, in the Welcome Center, you see uh, an empty place at the table. And if you look at the place cards, those are the names of those who lost their lives to domestic violence in Northwest Hennepin County over the last year. Um, so take a look at that. But um, we'll, we'll end with a prayer um, for those folks. Holy Spirit, bring strength and healing to all who have been abandoned by loved ones and create presence within each heart to, to feel God's love. Give clarity and repentance to those who have neglected the needs of young and old who depend on them. Amen. So we have some, uh, we have some announcements tonight. Um, the first announcement is kind of a celebration for our new staff member, Jack Swift. Jack, wave your hand back there. Jack is our new audio tech, and um, he's an Augsburg grad. And I can't tell you how important Jack's role is. You know, the technical and sound support that, that accompany worship um, makes things happen. He could turn my microphone off right now if he really wanted to. He's got you're that kind of... You're welcome. He's got that kind of power, and he could speak from the back if he really wanted to. So thank you for being here, Jack. We're so glad you're here. Can we welcome him? Yes. A couple of other announcements. Um, how to Read the Bible continues after worship here tonight right across the hallway in, um, in the fireside room. There is pizza, adults, if you're here for that. There is Domino's pizza. It's actual pizza. Um, Contrary to what people think about Domino's, it's real pizza. It's hot. It's got cheese. It's good. Um, seventh and eighth grades, okay, and parents here. Um, October 5th, tomorrow, is kind of the deadline to sign up for the seventh and eighth grade urban immersion retreat. Um, talk about this. Let's get this thing signed up as well, please. Um, Sunday is our um, Mount Olivet Up Close for people who are interested in membership, new membership here, um, for visitors who want to just find out more about who we are and what we're about, um, that happens after church on Sunday at noon. In the fireside room, there'll be lunch as well. And we do a special kid pack, so you get to know a little bit more about our partners as well. Any other announcements that I'm missing? Okay. Let's, uh, let's rise for the benediction. The blessing of God Almighty, the wisdom and power of Christ Jesus, and the light of the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Go in peace and hope.
Now may the peace of God be with you all. Please shine a, share a sign of peace on your way out. Sitting at the stoplight, you can't be bothered by the heart cry written on the cardboard in her hands. But when she looks him in the eye, his heart is broken open wide, and he feels the hand of God reach out through him. As heaven touches earth, oh, 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 oh. talk but he's not able for all the shame that's locked him deep inside but her words are the medicine when she says they can begin again and forgiveness will set him free tonight as heaven touches earth oh, 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 oh. Where'd Puerto Mexico you get to go to?